Hello, my name is Mike Otsuka and I'm a professor in the Department of Philosophy, Logic and Scientific Method. I specialize in moral and political philosophy and I'd like to share some of my recent work in this area. In particular, I'd like to sketch the outlines of a critique of a view known as prioritarianism about how we should distribute benefits. The critique I'm about to summarize unfolds across a series of three recent journal articles, the first of which was co-authored with my LSE colleague Alex Vorhova. So first, what is prioritarianism, the target of this critique? Well, it is, in Derek Parfit's words, the view that we have stronger moral reasons to benefit people, the worse off these people are. In other words, equal improvements in a person's well-being matter less, the better off she is in absolute terms. Well, to illustrate this view, it will be useful to present a case of Thomas Nagel's, to which Parfit himself appeals in defending this view. Well, here's the case. Imagine that you're the parent of two children. One of them has recently been diagnosed with a condition that will soon give rise to a serious disability, but the other child's been given a clean bill of health. Now, you need to choose whether to move your family to cramped urban accommodations or to the blue skies and open spaces of a semi-rural suburb. These two options would not, however, be equally good for your two children. If you move to the city, your able-bodied child who loves nature and sports will be hemmed in and frustrated, but your soon-to-be disabled child will have access to special medical facilities. If you move to the suburb, your able-bodied child will flourish, but your disabled child won't receive this treatment. Moreover, if you move to the suburb, the boost in well-being to your able-bodied child will be slightly greater than the boost in well-being to your disabled child if you move to the city. Now, it follows that a utilitarian would opt for the suburb. That's what maximizes the sum total of utility. In spite of this fact, it strikes many, including Nagel, that one should move to the city for the sake of the disabled child. Nagel would, in fact, maintain that you have overriding egalitarian reason to move to the city. Parfit would agree that you have overriding reason to move to the city, but he would maintain that this reason is prioritarian rather than egalitarian. The granting of such priority to the worse off child is not, Parfit stresses, an egalitarian concern about how well off people are relative to others. All that matters on his priority view is how badly off people are in absolute terms. Now, in support of this claim, Parfit maintains that it would be just as urgent to benefit the disabled child, even if he had no sibling who was better off. Well, I think Parfit's view gives rise to a problem, and I think we can illustrate this problem simply by transforming Nagel's two-child case into a case in which you now have just a single child, a single child who, let's suppose, has an equal chance of turning out as either of Nagel's two children. In other words, suppose that you now have a single child who has a 50% chance of developing the serious disability and a 50% chance of being healthy. And you have to decide now whether to move to the city where the child will receive special care if he turns out disabled or to move to the suburb where the child will flourish if he turns out healthy. Now, as before, the benefit to the child of the suburb, if healthy, would be slightly greater than the benefit to him of the city if disabled. Now, according to Parfit's priority view, as he's recently made clear, 
one ought to move to the city rather than the suburb in both the two-child case and this one-child case. And this is because one ought to give extra prioritarian weight to benefiting a child should he turn out badly off in both cases, according to the priority view. Well, I agree with Parfit that one ought to move to the city for the sake of the disabled child in the two-child case, but I part company with him when it comes to the one-child case. I think that one is at least permitted, even if not required, to move to the suburb in the one-child case. In such cases, involving nothing other than trade-offs between the possible lives of a single person, I think you're permitted simply to maximize that person's expected utility. You don't need to give any extra priority to benefiting him should he turn out badly off. Now I defend such permission to maximize your one child's expected utility in a recent article published in the Journal of Political Philosophy entitled Prioritarianism and the Measure of Utility. And here's a preview of what I say there. Now, even if, as I do, one endorses an objective rather than a subjective account of well-being, I think one should also maintain that ideally rational self-interested preferences will provide the measure of a person's well-being. Moreover, such preferences, being ideally rational, will conform to sound axioms of expected utility theory. Now, it follows from this that you'll provide your one child with an alternative other than that which it is in his rational self-interest to prefer if you fail to maximize his expected utility. And I think that fact provides you with strong reason to maximize his expected utility rather than giving any prioritarian weight to bad outcomes. Moreover, I don't think this reason is decisively outweighed by any countervailing considerations. In this case, unlike Nagel's two-child case, there are, for example, no egalitarian considerations that arise from the competing interests of a second child. And therefore, I think you're permitted to maximize your one child's expected utility on grounds that this is what it would be rational for him to prefer, taking all relevant normative considerations into account. My critique, then, of prioritarianism is that it cannot accommodate a normatively compelling measure of utility, one which is captured by the axioms of John von Neumann and Oscar Morgenstern's expected utility theory. Nor can it accommodate a plausible and elegant generalization of this theory that's been offered in response to some challenges to von Neumann and Morgenstern. And this is, I think, a theoretically interesting and unexpected source of difficulty for prioritarianism. Now, this has been just a brief sample of the sorts of philosophical debates that my colleagues and I in the philosophy department, in particular those in moral and political philosophy, engage in. We address a wide range of topics that have direct applications to ethical controversies as well as public policy disputes. And I hope you'll take up this invitation to explore some of these issues in more depth at the LSE.